Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to urge in the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to urge in the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. And we've got the usual busy show in store. We'll look back, of course, at round five of the county championship as Ben Stokes makes a record-breaking return for Durham. Middlesex chased down 370 on the last day to beat Sussex. And Harry Brooks' stellar start continues with another century. As well as that, we'll hear from West Indies legend Chris Gale and former England captain Freddie Flintoff giving us their thoughts on the New England captain. And we'll round off the show by looking at the week's other big stories, and there are plenty of them. So, a lot to come in the next hour or so. You're listening to The Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2. Well, where else would we begin than uh, with Durham's draw against Worcestershire? So much to talk about. And we have to begin with the man of the moment, Ben Stokes, smashing 161 off 88 balls, all sorts of of records, 17 sixes, the most in a county championship match. So, so many stories. The the number, the statistic that really struck me was uh, one that showed that he, he moved from 50 to 150 in 36 balls. (laughs) <laughs> it's a hundred runs in thirty-six balls, Army. First-class cricket, amazing. Yeah, it was amazing. It was great to see um, and play for Durham. Great to see him playing in in the Durham colours and that middle order of Durham's. That that's well, not just the middle order, the, the whole lot, because that would be doing a disservice to Sean Dixon, who is leading run scorer in the country at the minute. But Durham's top six is is frightening. It is it's a serious artillery in that top six. When you when you think of you know international players like Keegan Peterson, Alex Lee's at the top, Dixon as well, and then you've got Borthwick who's played international cricket as well as uh, David Beddingham who would have played international or played international cricket or probably would be playing international cricket and to come over to England. So to add Ben Stokes to that, that's some serious artillery in the second division. But it was just brilliant to see that the week that he's had, all the press conferences and the euphoria of being named the England captain. He must have gone to Worcester feeling 10 foot tall. You know, he's now the captain of the country. Um, he hasn't had to do it yet. So which it's a, it's a brilliant role at this minute in time until he starts having to make decisions on um, who's going to bat where or who's going to bowl after lunch when New Zealand are possibly 100 for none. It's a, it's a beautiful place to be in at this minute in time. And he, he just showed that, just released the shackles, off he went and... And you know the poor bowling attack of of Worcester got got dealt with. And I seen the over that he hit five sixes and a four. And kids eighteen year old and KP was he was typical Kev. I thought it was a bad example 
to call out a young bowler who was 18-year-old playing against one of the greatest players that we've ever produced. I really did. I thought that was that was disappointing from Kevin. He's got a point, and we can talk about that until the cows come home, but it's never going to change county cricket. But I thought the young bowler, I, I actually thought he bowled. He didn't bowl a bad over. He just got dealt with by Ben Stokes, the same as Ben Stokes got dealt with with Carlos Brathwaite when he bowled or Stuart Broad bowled to Yuvraj Singh. They didn't bowl bad balls. They just got dealt with by a player who is so destructive. It was it was ridiculous. Harmy, you, you say KP called out the young left-arm spinner, 18-year-old Josh Baker, but Ben Stokes actually called him um, yeah, after he did. the game and, um, you know, reassured him and, and, and told him it can happen to anybody and actually made the point that it had happened to him in the final of a T20 World Cup. Yeah, and Ben Stokes came back from that and look at what Ben Stokes did now. Yeah. The young, the young lad played for England in the 19s and, and were one game away from winning the World Cup. So I'm sure the boy will be, be, be disappointed. He'll be upset that he got in that position in the first place. Though it might have been a few people saying, well, just chuck down leg side and you know, I try and sort of bowl the darts. You know, I don't keep throwing it up. But Josh Baker, well done for keep throwing it up and believing that you could get him out because you know, you're trying to land it and he landed every ball with a good loop on it, but uh, to be fair, if he had thrown it down leg side, flat, Ben Stokes did it for six anyway. So, you know, that's just the, the nature of the game. But, you know, sometimes things happen in adversity actually make you a better cricketer and make you stronger. And, and fingers crossed for Josh Baker that that happens to him. Harmy, can I just say that uh, Baker's figures, 21 overs, two maidens, one for 107. He's gone for 34 in one over and he's gone for fives in 21 mm. overs. So... I agree with you. He really looks like he can bowl. Talking of which, on a flatty, Matty Potts has taken six for 62 in the first innings. He's got 24 wickets now in the season so far at uh, less than 23. Uh, and by the way, yeah, Worcestershire drew the game. Yeah, They batted 100 overs mm. on the last day, 262 for three. But Matty Potts, special. You, you've mentioned him a few times now. Yeah, I, I, I think he's got a, a bright future, I I thought the white ball format would then get into the red ball format, but it was more the sort of red ball format that he probably had to work on coming into this this season. I think he's the prime example which other clubs are going to have to develop if we consistently get in pitches like this. And we annihilated these pitches in the winter and said, county cricket's not fit for purpose, the pitches aren't good enough, this, that and the other. Well, what, we're going to, what we find in now is we're getting good pitches, right? So there's going to be runs scored. What you're going to need on good pitches from a bowling point of view is possibly some mystery from a spin or ridiculous accuracy and bounce and turn from a spin and a quick bowler in each side. And we're going to get somewhere. Matty Potts is one. I'm not looking around the country and seeing too many others other than Jamie Overton, who's been clocked at a, a decent lick. But Potts, definitely. Uh, if England pick a 14-man squad for Lords, he might have an outside chance of being in that 14, being the 14th man, not playing but in the 14 and that 14th man for the simple fact is we need to find a fast bowler. I'm not sure how quick, quick he is in relation to the likes of Stone, uh, to Stone or Wood or Archer. I think he's still a little bit off that, but then I'm fit. He's the only quick bowler, genuine quick bowler other than Jamie Overton. That's fit at this minute in time. And he's taking wickets. So he might have an outside chance of a trip to Lords for two or three days to sample what, you know, the good food is, the big kit bag is, and potentially a, around the international scene, probably not player, but 
he can't do anything more than he's done. And there's one or two others around the country, more with a bat, but Potts is probably the only one with the ball that has come out of this winter and said, right, I'm going to, I'm going to put my name forward to play for England and I'm going to do it in the first six games of the, the championship. Um, and he's at the minute, he's doing it. And just before we move away from the subject of Ben Stokes, let's hear some views on an all-rounder being appointed as England captain from a man who knows all about that. Andrew Flintoff was talking to Talk Sport Breakfast. I think um, it's the obvious choice, isn't it? Um, Joe yeah. Root's done it for a long time, and possibly towards the end, he did it a bit longer than he thought he wanted to because the options behind him. And I think everyone will look at Ben and they'll look at like Ian Both and they'll look at me. And it unfairly he'll get judged on that before he's even started. You know, since he's been announced, I think he's got a big hundred at Durham. He's at 17 sixes and he'll be up for it. So they need a lot of help because he's a, he's such a key player on the pitch and obviously bats and balls. But the thing with a captaincy, you're only as good as your team. He needs to get his team right, get his two quick ballers back, Anderson and Broad, and start from there. Do you think it's good for Joe Root just to be able to take a step away from it, do what he does best, just focus on that for now? Yeah, initially disappointed because he's done it for so long. He's done so well. He's scored runs. But I think once he, he gets his head around it, and I'm sure he has, it'll just allow him to bat. But on the on the flip side of that, I know him and Ben Stokes are really good mates and Ben will be drawing on him. And I think Joe will find it hard not to get involved a bit more as a player. I think Ben will need that as well. That's Freddie Flintoff um, admitting that uh, he will be judged, prejudged um, on the success or otherwise as captain of Ian Botham, Sir Ian Bo- Lord Ian Botham and Fred himself. Um, and Chris Gale was in the TalkSport studios during the week. And this is what he said about Stokes' appointment. I think it's the best choice um, to have a guy like Ben Stokes. You know, he's been around, world-class player, proper all-rounder. So I think it's the best choice to represent, um, to, to captain the, on the England side. Tough look to Rooty to, to uh, who have to step down. Um, but he'll get the full support, I'm sure, from Root and the rest of the players. And he, he's a guy, you know, based on what you have said, his focus is really on, on England cricket right now, um, which is good. So I think he's he's looking to accomplish even more, you know, within the sport and within the international side of things. Do you feel captain in your country at test level is, can affect your form? Is it is it difficult? Is there a lot of pressure? It, it didn't affect mine. It, <laughs> it made me a better person. You know, it made me a better person. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it grow you. And you know how to relate to people a bit more as well. So you'll you'll know who's for you. And, you know, so you, it, it, it will give you a bit of challenge. But when the pressure is on, that's when you know who's there for you as well. You know, who's going to fight for you and all those sort of things as well. So it's it's really a good thing to be a captain. And it's always a privilege to, to, to lead your country as well. You know, that's um, that's a milestone, big, my huge milestone. That's Chris Gale saying that uh, Stokes will have no problem at all adapting to uh, the England test captaincy. lot to crack on with. Um, let's move straight on to... Essex in a high-scoring draw with Yorkshire. Yorkshire are still unbeaten with their third draw in four games. Again, masses to talk about. David Milan again in the runs. Joe Root's first outing saw him make 75. Sir Alistair Cook with 100 in both innings for the first time in his career, 107 and 102 not out. High-scoring draw, as I said. It's the first time, Harmy, that I've watched for an extended period um, Harry Brook, and I did so. Uh, to either confirm or dispel the theory that he's a good county batsman going through a purple patch, and I dispelled it because he looks a lot better than a good county batsman. He is for me. I just think there's a potential that England's three, four, five are playing for Yorkshire at this minute in time. Milan, Brook, uh, Root, and Brook could be England's three, four, five come the second of June. I think this kid's a shoe in. He has to play. 
scored 300, uh, 635 runs, and an average of about 150. And he looks the real deal. He did. The first time I see him, I see him in the nets in the Caribbean on the T20 squad. And I was watching him and I thought, Oof. so I was taken back by it. I said, I've been told that this kid can play. But then watched him close up against, you know, the quicker bowlers, different angles. George Garton was, was in, you know, Demel Mills was in that group. Chris Jordan was in that group. And he had time and a good player. You watch a good player, man, and you know, because you've, You've commented on cricket for hundreds of years. You see a good player, it's time. It's time. And Brooks got time. And I, that's why I tend not to go shouting too much straight away from the, in putting this kid under pressure. But I feel as though I've got no question. This kid is the real deal. And I think if I was head selector, I'd bat him at number five for England on the 2nd of June against New Zealand. And so just quickly, um, Stokes was uh, pretty decisive in moving Joe Root back to number four after his brief Flurry again, flourish again with uh, the number three spot. Yeah, and the, I think this is ramifications for the, the wicket-keeping job. Besto doesn't play or Besto keeps wicket. I don't think England can go down the route of route four, Besto five, Stoke six. I, I, there's no, I don't think there's any value in that. I look at that and I think Ben's better at six, more all-round. Responsibility of captain, I think, just buys him a bit of time. And to be honest, if Joe Root come, if Joe Root come to me if I was a coach or selector and convinced me that he could score more hundreds at number eleven, I'd let him bat number eleven. I'd let him bat where he wants. He is an unbelievable. We are so lucky to have a player like Joe Root. And if he wants to bat four and he feels comfortable at four, I've got no problem with it. Didn't have a problem going to three, but I, I don't have a problem going back to four because that's where he feels comfortable. And I know for a fact he'll score me hundreds and hundreds of runs. Okay, just finally, a reminder that David Milan's 482 runs with an average of uh, just over 80. So there's uh, nothing wrong with his form if England decide to pick him at number three. Surrey going great guns. And they, of course, now eight points clear at the top of uh, Division One with another win, this time by an innings and five runs against uh, North Ants. Rory Burns back in the runs with 107, uh, his first 100 of the season. Sam Curran with his third half century in four innings this season um, and some speculation that uh, he might be back in contention for the number eight spot in uh, the England test team on June the 2nd against New Zealand. But I think the ECB are still managing his workload and he's playing pretty much as a specialist batsman at the moment. But um, Surrey going really well, Harmy. Yeah, they're a strong side. They seem to have all bases covered. They've got a quick bowler in... And Jim Yogerton, they've got an all-rounder in Patel who bats at number two, and they've got an all-rounder in Clark who bats at number ten. So they seem to have ten batsmen, ten bowlers, and a good way of winning, as well as an endless list for Gareth Batty to choose from who didn't play this game. Smith didn't play, Pope didn't play. Folks has had one in, one off, because obviously they're trying to protect his body because he's been struggling with injury. It looks as though they are being cautious with Sam Curran and and making sure they get some miles in his legs before they start, you know, really testing his his, his bowling. But I, I I don't mind that from from Sam's point of view. Players, especially as batsmen, because I actually think when it comes, we're just talking about Sam Curran and, and isolation and how his career is going to be identified when it comes to red ball cricket. There seems to be this this opinion of well, what's what's his best role? Is he a a genuine all rounder? Is he a number eight who can who's a bowler who bats a bit 
I actually think he's better than that. I think he's a, a genuine all-rounder. I think the kid's a proper player. Makes some happen. But when you've got Braun Anderson around, can you put another player of, you know, Pierce-wise in, in that group? Well, I think it'll do Sam Kerr in the world of good to go and get runs under his belt. Um, the one thing about him, he seems to get 50 in, between 50 and 100 very comfortably. which doesn't seem to get that first-class 100. So, come on, Sam. You've got 5,000 first-class runs now. It's about time you go and get 100. Um, and if he does that over the next few weeks, great, fantastic. And then he's bowling to look after itself because I think the kid's got, he's got a great skill set there. So I think slowly but surely we'll get Sam Curran back because I think that spot at number eight, as the summer and towards the end of the, the winter, when the winter comes around, I think Sam Curran fit is going to be valuable for, for England moving forward. Do you think there should be a salary cap? I mean, it's, uh, it, sorry, sorry, you've got more money than anybody else. I mean, they're, they're, is there a feeling that they really should be contending, you know, and they should be in the top three every single year. They should be winning the championship. And they're the, they're the Man City of, uh, <laughs> of county yeah. cricket, aren't they? They are, but that comes with pressure. Bats is under immense pressure. Our, our good man, Bats, he's, you know, the coach at Surrey will always be under pressure to get them to perform. They are, they are for me, they're 1 to 11, better than anybody else on paper. But they've been like that for a number of years. They have been like that for a number of years, but they don't always win the championship. And that's the the challenge for you know, Alex Stewart and, and Gareth Batty to have a level of consistency. They've got 16 fantastic players, maybe it's more. But at this minute in time, things are going in the right direction for, for Bats and for Stewie. Um, and they're performing, but they need to carry on because there are actually some really good sides in that first division. And, Surrey will not want to let anything slip. At the minute they started, well, they should be up there all the time because of the financial resources they've got. But when it comes to salary caps, yeah, I get that. But at the end of the day, if you have a business that works and you've got, you've got good people that run the show, you know, the likes of Richard Thompson at the very, very top, then why shouldn't you? Why shouldn't you spend it in, in, in whichever way you, you, you go? So for me, that... That's irrelevant. It comes down to 11 players going on a field. So we've got very, very good players and they deserve to be at the top of the table at the minute. And Steve Elworthy is a very, very, very capable yeah. administrator who's exactly. um, showed his worth. I mean, and he's a cricketer, you know. OK, yeah. um, a lot of people also fancied Hampshire and they're in second place now after beating Gloucestershire by 87 runs. Lots to talk about, um, particularly Muhammad Abbas, match figures of nine for 107. The story that I like, is James Vince giving himself not one, but two night watchmen and watching them both <laughs> both get dismissed. That's an indulgence. I guess it's a captain's prerogative. But what it meant is that Anur and Donald, who was a specialist batsman at number seven, came in at number nine in the second innings um, and made a quite brilliant 89 and uh, put on um, 101 before the uh, last wicket with James Fuller. So, so I, I don't know, but I, I want I want to just sideline you and uh, get you talking about Night Watchman. But I guess you, talk about the game first. Uh, so that, the game, I was, it was a, a great game. We look at that partnership. That was the story of the game for me. The, the 101 partnership between um, Donald and Fuller. When you when you look at it, 101 for the last wicket, and you win the game by 87 runs. Mm. Hats off to James Vince, who wanted two Night Watchmen to, to be protected. <laughs> Duncan Fletcher used to like two Night Watchmen. And then I ended up being, there. was I was always the second one. I was never the first one. And who, would, who on earth would send me out with eight overs to go? Um, but he would send me out with an over to go or two overs to go, get you ready that, well, Gilo's too valuable 
for eight. You know, we can use him for eight. Or Hoggy's too valuable for the last two. We might as well send you out because you know, God knows what's going to happen when you get going and you can have a go in the morning. Um, but fortunately, I, I think I, I did it for Durham once and messed it up. And I think that word got back that I wasn't a very good night watchman. Um, so I very, very rarely had to do it. But Duncan Fletcher liked a two-night watchman. Norman Gifford, when I was at Durham, I'm not sure if it was Giff or it was Booney that like the, the two night watchman, but it certainly worked for for Hampshire. Um, and it was a note on Donald as well. Good on him. It's his first game, I think, since 2019 September. He had a bad ACL, uh, which has kept him out of cricket from you know two two and a bit years. Um, so good to see him back. Good to see him scoring runs. And again, we talk about these good pitches. You can have as many runs as you want. Uh, good bowlers. Very, very good bowlers. People that know what they're doing will get wickets on good surfaces. And Mohamed Abbas is definitely one of them. Yeah, Mohamed Abbas uh, was the second night watchman. Uh, I just wonder whether he's, he, you know, is he? would Vince have, have told both of them to get padded up? Kyle Abbott came in as the first night watchman. Uh, Abbas came out as the second night watchman. I know it was a bit gloomy, yeah, so. but I mean, would he have told them both to get padded up? I would imagine he's told one of them, to, well, obviously, it looks like Abbott was the one that was going to be the night watchman. And once he's gone in, maybe James Vince or the coach has gone, right, let's let's just protect and see, we might need another one. And then, obviously, you're getting Mohamed Abbas ready, the wicket's gone, right, off you go, in you go. And he didn't last long either. So it was probably the right thing to try and protect James Vince. You know, he got 78 in the first innings. But, but again, I... I when I seen him send two right watching him, I questioned this, the decision because of how far Hampshire were ahead in the game. There were 170 in front on first innings. So it was like, you're wasting two players. But at the end of the day, it worked for them. So good on James Vince. But I can imagine a few of them bowlers going, you want two night watchmen? Really? <laughs> Your job's to bat. My job's to bowl. My job's not to bat in the top six. So... That has been questioned once or twice in addressing them that I've been in when the captains come up and said, uh, Harvey, Simon, Oggy, one of you has put your pads on, you're going in as night watchman. It's like, no, no, I get paid to bowl the thing. You get paid to hit the thing. Get on with your job. All right, just uh, um, 90 seconds on Lancashire's high-scoring draw with uh, Warwickshire. Matty Parkinson match figures of 6 for 124. He's got 17 wickets at just over 23 this year. Um, and the clamour for him to play in the first test at Lords continues to grow. Keaton Jennings with his first 100, 110 for Lancashire. But the question I want to ask you is, Dom Sibley carrying his bat in the first innings for an unbeaten 142 and 41 in the second innings. Now, Stokes himself has said that places are available in the England team at three and five. So is, would Sibley take that as a clear message that he's, he's not in the running to, to get back to his opening spot? Um, no, because I think that the three bit could be, it could be Sibley at three, it could be Crawley at three. That could work. Whether you want to go with Lees and Sibley at the top of the order, that might be a bit too defensive. The one thing I will say about Sibley is 181 runs in a test, 183 runs in, in the match, only out once. When you see a player who's been left out, you want to know what his temperament's like. Has he changed anything? Is the, is the weaknesses that he had before being rectified and put right as he changed his game? I watched a bit of him and I seen him hit a ball through extra cover and, oh, wow, he couldn't have done that two years ago. And he hit one off the back foot, which another one I thought was a great shot. I was like, wow. You know, but he had that. I think he had that in him. Um, never question his temperament. I will never ever question his temperament or his, or his concentration and application because 
it's there. He's got two test match hundreds. Um, he just found a way of getting out outside off stump. As he rectified that, well, he looked as though he was in decent order. He's opened up a little bit. So good signs for Dom Sibley. If he goes and gets 100 next week, he could maybe just nudge the selectors to say, I've rectified what weaknesses I had and I'm I'm, I'm ready for, for selection because my game is better. Matt Parkinson, for me, all the clamour of Broad and Anderson coming back. If Broad and Anderson are coming back to play in the first test match, Parkinson has to play because England needs something different and that would be Parkinson. So Lancashire in third place on the table. So just a reminder that Surrey 89 points, Hampshire 81 and Lancashire 72. Warwickshire are down in uh, fifth spot with uh, 50 points, just the one win from their opening four games. You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. Still to come, we'll hear from West Indies legend Chris Gale once again. But next up, we'll finish our roundup of round five of the county championship as Middlesex chased down 370 to beat Sussex on the final day. You're listening to the Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with the Institute of Cricket. Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to Ertzen the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to Ertzen the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to The Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and Double Ashes winner Steve Harmison. If you've missed any of the show or you wish to catch up, you can download the podcast as always from the following on feed, now available via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Middlesex continue on this uh, resurgent run of form, um, surging to the top of uh, Division 2. Absolute thriller in Hove, chasing down 370 on uh, the last day. Um, this despite Chiteshwar Pajara um, hitting another, uh, his fourth hundred in a row, 170 
Sussex uh, setting Middlesex a target of 370. Uh, bet they didn't see that coming. Um, but Sam Robson, Sam Robson made 149 off 181 balls. Remember Sam Robson? Maybe we'll start mm. talking about him uh, for an England return. Absolutely thrilling game of cricket. As I keep saying, Middlesex is just one of those counties that when they're off form, county cricket is struggling. I mean, they're, they're a sort of a barometer for, for the health of county cricket, and it's great to see them winning. It is good to see them winning, but I want to talk about the young man who made the decision, and good for him, Tom Haynes, to try and win the game by risk losing it. There was a big say and a big thing I got from Dale Benkenstein, one of the best captains I ever played for. He always had this mentality of, I'll risk losing a little bit to try and win the game. It helps if you've got fast bowlers that he had at his disposal. And maybe that possibly is what let Sussex down a little bit because Ollie Robinson just coming back, George Garton just coming back. Probably didn't, he didn't have time to get to the second new ball. But good for him, Tom Haynes. Young man, talked about playing cricket for England um, as, a, as an opening batsman. He's a leading, a very, very young suicide. And he tried to win the game. And that, for me, has got to be commended. So, uh, not this time. But if he does that, more, if, he, if he has that mentality, he'll win more than he'll lose, definitely. So, good for him from doing that. Didn't get any runs in the match, like, but that's life, isn't it? From a, you know, something you obviously going to have to learn. Great to see Pajara, again, scoring runs, going against the Freedy. Um, and there's a lot of talk about Sam Robson. A little bit like we mentioned about Dom Sibley. Has he changed his game enough? to rectify the weaknesses that he had in Test cricket, to make him a better player. And all reports that I hear is, I haven't seen much recently, but he's a lot better now than what he was when he when he first played for England. So that's a good positive from an England point of view, to chase 370 down on the last day of any any match on any surface is a, is a fantastic victory. So, you know, good on Middlesex, and I agree, if a strong Middlesex, strong county cricket, playing at the home of cricket at Lord. So they're a good side, Middlesex, all round, a very, very good side. Um, and they've got a, a, a fine, fine overseas left-arm bowler to, to go with that as well. So I mean, it was a good win for, for Middlesex on the South Coast. Top of uh, Division 2 now with 82 points, eight points clear of Glamorgan, who moved up to second place by beating Leicestershire by, by six wickets. Sam Northeast making runs in both innings, 84 and, and an unbeaten 40 Farnas Labashane is the leading wicket-taker with a threefer. Um, but Kieran Carlson was a player who really caught our eye last season, didn't he? Um, and he was in the runs, made made 91. Uh, just, I mean, I, I think this Glamorgan team, when they click, look really, really good. Yeah, they've got a good side. They've got a really good side. It helps having one of the best players in the world at the minute in your middle order. I know he didn't get a huge amount of runs in this game. We've got two very experienced seamers. Um, in obviously Nisa and Hogan, um, they've got an all-round good side of, of Glamorgan, and it's it's good to see. You mentioned earlier about Middlesex and a strong Middlesex. I actually think a good strong Glamorgan side. You know the Welsh the Welsh fire, you know, really in their belly, winning games. I think that makes English cricket better as well. Um, it's always fun down in in Cardiff, and uh, I'm pleased for 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 Matty Maynard and, and the boys down there because. I actually quite like when you know the Cardiff side and, and, and Glamorgan side are doing well because there's, there's there seems to be more of a, a fun element to it and an enjoyment. For some reason, guys that I played with and against, Darren Thomas, Dean Koska, you know, Dean Conway, the physio from Wales, Matt Maynard, Mike Powell, good characters, you know, jovial characters, but good cricketers. And they made the game 
well, there's the perfect game of smile on your face. And when you see the Glamorgan side doing well, then I just feel as though it's a, it's a brighter place, county cricket, because they play, they play the game in such good spirits. I think I've um, accidentally revealed my subconscious Southern bias by saying that uh, Middlesex uh, is the barometer for the health of county cricket. Because I think a lot of people would rightly say that uh, a strong Yorkshire and a strong Lancashire um, would uh, be perhaps a, <laughs> a clearer indicator of the health of county cricket. And it is, of course, the Roses match in round six. Yeah, that's going to be an absolute belter. I can't believe that's not on TV. I really can't. But the, the people that are in that, the players that are playing in that, Anderson against Roots, if Harris Ralph fit, brings a bit of pace to it. But Hannon, Matt Parkinson, a close look. I thought that game might have been streamed on on the uh, on the TV and, and and thrown out there because that's as it's as close in a first class game as you'll get probably to a, a test match standard. I just hope the pitch is up to it. Um, and we'll see. Like I mentioned a couple of weeks ago about James Vince and rub, not rubbish James Vince, but Harry Brook, David Milan. Let's see where they are coming up against Jimmy Anderson. Um, and time will tell um, if they get runs against Anderson and Hassan Ali and Matt Parkinson. If Yorkshire get 500 and Milan and Brook get runs, then I think they're one step closer to being in the team come 2nd of June at Lords for England. But I think that's the standout game. Of, it's the only game for me in the next round of count in the, in the championship and that'll be well supported because I would imagine the white rose will be sort of invaded by the red rose coming over the Pennines. Gloucestershire against Somerset, Kent, Surrey, Warwickshire, Northants in Division 1. Um, Middlesex against Nottinghamshire. That could be a, I don't know whether to say that it could decide. I, I think it could be a very strong pointer as to who might win Division 2, Middlesex against Nottinghamshire. Derbyshire against Worcestershire, I'm looking forward to. Two teams uh, showed a lot of character so far. Derbyshire didn't play this time around, but Worcestershire's draw against Durham was uh, full of character. Um, Durham against Glamorgan's another good one, and Leicestershire against Sussex. So a lot to look forward to in uh, the next round. More to come in part four. And for more content, uh, let me remind you, on the County Championship, you can listen to our brand new show, Following On, County Cricketer which is released as a podcast on the following on feed every Thursday morning from 5am with it going out on TalkSport 2 at 9am. You're listening to the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Manthorpe, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison, who also features on the following on County Cricketer podcast. Before we move on to uh, the other big stories of the week, or the ways that those that stood out to us anyway, let's um, hear... That uh, audio, fascinating audio from Chris Gale talking on the Hawksby and Jacobs show about T20 cricket, the beginnings of T20 cricket, his career, and also his concerns for the future of Test cricket. At first, you know, to be honest with you, I, I, w- I was looking at the easy way out. I said, well, shorter version, shorter yeah. format. <laughs> yes, the game can finish quicker. Uh, we, we, we actually, I wasn't really looking in the future, you know, what is what, what, what's happening to that. I, didn't, I wasn't really expecting that. Um, it's since that game, you know, this the the Stanford game where they, where they played a twenty million dollar game, that changes everything within the sports of T Twenty, and you know, and that's why you see have so many leagues now, and the IPL is the biggest one, the biggest one who pays out more, mm. and uh, that's when you say, wow, you know, you can get a future out of this game. Yeah, T Twenty cricket is a is a life changing. Um, um, aspect, you know, and it, it it changes a lot of life. It does for me, so I'm really happy. Yeah. You know, it actually, you know, where it's at today. I'm really happy where it is, where it, where it is, is is it it's, it's at today. So, 
it's only can get better. You know, see new leagues starting around um, now, so um, more new leagues to come up as well. So we see what, where it goes. So it's good for the game. Where, where, what do you think it does in terms of the kind of players that are being produced now, young players now, with an eye to T20, with an eye to a professional career, playing that format, maybe rather than the test format? Do you worry for the future of test cricket, Chris? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Test cricket is in a bit of trouble. Uh, I mean, I'm worried more for the the lower ranked team. You know, I'm worried for them. You know, because they're not getting the full support. And I mean, the game is such a business now where mm. you have, you know, the lower ranked team getting one and two test matches. You know, it's always about you know, England, India, and and Australia. You know, those are the big teams where we play four or five test matches um, amongst each other. We don't get those chances with a lower rank team. So it, it's kind of a struggle for us. So they will make all the money all the time and then, you know, we're always going to be down at the bottom and that is not going to be good for the sport. Mm. You know, so that's a big, big, big challenge. So we need to, I need ICC to really look into that, you know, and that's very, very key. And, you know, give them, because you see me, the ICC have a lot of money, man. They can pump some more money in the game without, without a doubt. They can pump some more money in international cricket and make it a better one. You know, if they really want the sport to uplift and be where it, where it used to be, and not only one or two, three teams, you know, you know, we want everything, every team to be more competitive. Mm. You know, so that's they really need to take a, a, a serious look into that stage. New white ball skipper, as we said, for the West Indies as well. Nicholas Perrin's taken over from Kieran Pollard. Mm. What about that appointment, Chris? Uh, that's, not, that's not a surprise. Yeah, uh, that's not a surprise at all. Uh, he was always going to be the one to take over from Pollard. Um, even when Pollard didn't make um, appearances in a few games, he was the one leading the team as well. And he had, he had, he had the support and the backing of the players. You know, Nicholas Pura, and he's young as well, so he's still learning the game. So, it, it, like I say, you only can develop and get better. Um, you will still have the guys that are not playing the support as well, so we'll, we'll actually be rooting for him as well and, you know, backing him 100%. And hopefully his game can even get even more better now. Now he's leading, you know, full-time, so that's good. That's good. And no plans for you to, to sort of... Pack up completely. You still want to keep your hand in. Keep yeah, not, no, time. man. I'm, listen, man. I didn't tell anyone when I was coming. I'm not going to tell anyone when I'm leaving. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see what happens. You know, I'm just like I say. I have no, I have no worries at all. So I'm pretty good. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm happy. You know. So once, once everything is taken care of from family side of view, everything will be fine. That's former West Indian. Well, I shouldn't say former. He said he didn't. He, he didn't announce his arrival and he hasn't announced his departure. So I won't say former, I'll say West Indies great Chris Gale concerns about uh, test cricket, but I, I guess they've been around for, for many, many years. I mean, he makes a good point, doesn't he, about the amount of test cricket that the smaller nations pay. OK, one story that uh, stuck out to me, Harmi, Jofra Archer targeting a return for Sussex in the T20 blast on the 26th of May. Yeah, and it'd be great to see Jofra back. It'd be good to see Ollie Stone back, Mark Wood back. I think they'll all be targeting the short format to give them exposure to bowling and then um, a bit of recovery time in between to then build up to probably the back end of the summer from a red ball point of view. And talking of red ball point of view, England need a coach. England desperately need a coach. I think the interviews are this um, the last week, this week, whatever. Any news manners? Do you, do you think that there's going to be a certain gentleman from your neck of the woods coming over to coach the England cricket team. He's actually doing very well in the IPL at the moment. Gary Kirsten, yes. Well, um, I don't know, Harmy. I'm not sure what the uh, plans are for the Kirsten family, but I do know that uh, there's a couple of appointments have been made to um, take care of some of his obligations. He's got an academy, of course, in uh, Cape Town, 
Um, and it seems like he's um, preparing either for a very, very long holiday or he's relocating because uh, a couple of people <laughs> have uh, a couple of people have, have been in touch with me, actually, um, to ask uh, whether I might be able to keep an eye on one or two things. So um, let's just say that even he's not packing his bags because he's in India. But um, yeah, I think it would appear that he's making long term plans for a move somewhere. Make of that what you will. <laughs> how do you uh, how do you see that working? Because I actually think it's going to be a great appointment if it is Gary Kirsten. I know Graham Ford's in that reckoning. I know Tom Moody's being talked about. Paul Collingwood, but I think Paul Collingwood. I hope Paul Collingwood gets the the white ball job because I think that dynamic works. But I think Gary Kirsten. If you look at it, what he's done so far from a, a test point of view, he wants to do test matches. He can still do IPL. I think working with. Graham Smith, very, very strong character, best team in the world, South Africa. Working with MS Dhoni, very strong character, leader, Kirsten as coach, India, best team in the world. I think this might work very, very well for England and fall into place. Ben Stokes and Gary Kirsten, I think that's a good ticket. I think England needs somebody who's calm but assured, and he won't shy away from making tough calls. He'll be very loyal. I mean, we, we spoke to him um, around about Christmas time, he spoke about identifying your best technical players. Um, he was speaking mostly about about the, the batters, obviously, um, and then and then sticking with them and and backing them and building a team. You know, I, I, so I think I'm biased. Uh, you know, like like you are <laughs> with with Rob Key because you've known the man for a very long time. Um, but I I think he will be good. Other stories. Stephen Fry announced as the new MCC president. Nicholas Puran appointed as the uh, new West Indies white ball captain. That's interesting. Kane Williamson confirms his participation in the Test Series uh, against England. Feel free to, uh, to talk about any of those. But I wanted to ask you a question while we've still got time, Harmi. Um, amongst many interesting things that Ben Stokes said in the, all these interviews he did since his appointment was um, his admission that he actually called Rob Key himself um, soon after Joe Root stepped down uh, because he was concerned that Key might be concerned about um, the toll that a potential captaincy would take on Stokes. And so he actually called Rob Key and said, by the way, if you're worried about, if, if, you, if you're thinking of appointing me and you're worried about that break I took from the game last year, don't be. I'm up mm. for it. And I'm I'm ready for it. And if you want to appoint me, uh, you don't have any doubts. Yeah, and, and that's typical Ben. Um, that's why he picked the phone up to Josh Baker when he hit him for 34 and over. That's why he is going to make a very, very good captain. But also, you've got, we've had the big lad on a little bit earlier in our show, Andrew Flintoff, who he's always going to get compared with. He made a valid point. You're only as good as your team as a captain. And if... Your team's not up to the to the mark like it hasn't been in the last eighteen months. Then Joe Root will be he was described as a bad captain. He wasn't a bad captain. His team were just making bad decisions. Stokes has got to get himself in a position to pick a group that he believes can stop the rot. Maybe draw a couple of games, get a couple of games on the win on the board. And I think what we've got to be careful of as well. There was a lot made of Ben Stokes from a mental health point of view. Get, having that break. He had a finger injury as well, which he would have missed a lot of cricket and a lot of that mental health stuff. And it'll still be with him forever. 
a lot of it was grief. A lot of it was grief over the loss of a, of a huge, important figure in his life, and that was his father. And I think he'll never get over that, but he'll learn how to manage it. And I think when he learns how to manage it and he learns how to manage that side of it, he, were, he came back into the game and I think he'd be a very, very good leader. I don't think Rob Key had any question in pointing Ben Stokes. I don't think Rob Key thought too much about our good friend Andrew Flintoff and what happened to him as a, the, the all-rounder and the leader. So from that point of view, it's typical Stokes. Didn't, didn't surprise me one bit. Um, but I don't think Rob Key had any, any worries about that side of it. He seemed the best man understood who was what needed the job, and he gave him it. Well, I mentioned Stephen Fry as announced as the new MCC president. Um, <clears throat> but as far as the ECB are concerned, uh, Ron Khalifa, who we mentioned, was it last week or two weeks ago, who was the hot favourite, having been appointed as uh, chair of the committee to appoint the new chair, uh, was then persuaded to run himself. Uh, he's now been, uh, or he's decided that it would be inappropriate, so he's withdrawn. My question to you is, what does the ECB chair do? I honestly don't know. We've seen Colin Graves a little bit more sort of out there, outspoken. We've seen Giles Clark. Anybody's seen the documentary on Alan Stanford? And actually, I, I watched it for the first time of the day and I was amazed. And you see that figure. But you also see Ian Watmore, who is more of a quiet and more reserved figure. I think it's more business, the, the, the ECB chairman's job. But it's also... It's like leadership. It's at the top. If you've got a calm leader at the top, which we expect Gary Kirsten's going to come in and lead the England cricket team very calmly. If you can get somebody that's got business sense and calm leadership at the top, he can oversee decisions that are made. All reports that Ron Khalifa was going to be the very, very good man to do that. He's obviously decided not to get his against it. I'd love to see somebody like Richard Thompson or Rod Bramsgrove, but not many people would enjoy, would would back me up on that one because the ECB suits wouldn't like Richard Thompson or, or Rod Bramsgrove because you know they're not ECB men. They do things differently. They're businessmen um, and upset people from time to time. That for me is why they should be in charge of English cricket, but they'll never be. Um, and Stephen Fry, I think that's a great appointment. What a man he is! I love listening to Stephen Fry. Brilliant actor. I once listened to him, Manners. It was unbelievable. I was at the in the Lord's long room, Andrew Strauss's benefit, Sir Andrew Strauss's benefit, and Stephen Fry spoke for 40 minutes and rhymed off. And I mean, it was like a poem. And it was basically the start of Test Cricket to where Test Cricket was at that time. It more or less rhymed. Everything went into sync. He didn't have any notes, didn't have anything in front of him. Said the whole thing, you know, resigned the whole thing. It was mesmerising. For me, he's still one of the best after-dinner speakers I have ever seen because of that. He's one of the funniest actors I've ever seen in comedy, um, and he's a brilliant man. And it's great to see that the MCC are looking at people who love the game of cricket to try and give it the you know the best publicity as it possibly can because it has got a stuffy nose, the, the egg and bacon tie. Um, but Stephen Fry might just put a little bit of comedy towards it, which is great. He is a genius and not just a comedy genius. Brilliant. Thanks, Harmy. You've been listening to The Cricket Collective here on TalkSport 2 with me, Neil Mantle, and former England fast bowler Steve Harmison. If you've missed any of the show or you wish to catch up, as always, you can download the podcast from your following on feed, now available via the free TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll be back at the same time next week to look back at round six of the county championship. But for now... As always, this has been the Cricket Collective on TalkSport 2. 
Yeah, hold that, please. Level five. Thank you. Ah, you must be one of our new interns. Yeah, hi. Nice to meet you. Hi. Now, the most important thing to know is to urge in the Biparsal Rise plug sale. The most important thing is what? Sorry. The single most important thing is to urge in the Channelized Bimbingus at the Biparsal Rise plug sale, and you'll be fine. Uh, yeah, that sounds important. Does work chat all sound like gibberish to you? Find collaborative articles with tips from the LinkedIn community to help you get through those tricky conversations. Making work make sense? LinkedIn knows how.